Welcome to Conversations and Connections with HBA Canada, the podcast that gives you access to industry leaders and offers valuable insights for career growth. We will be bringing you monthly episodes that include interviews with influential leaders and HBA members from healthcare and the life sciences, where they will offer career insights and key lessons they've learned. We will also be bringing you discussions highlighting essential career topics like networking, mentorship, finance, and more. Our podcast gives HPA members a chance to learn and grow together in their careers and their personal lives. Be part of the conversation as we aim to achieve our goal of getting more women into leadership roles. So don't delay and join us. Welcome to a special December episode of HBA's Conversations and Connections. I'm your host, Christina Bellier. As we stand on the brink of 2024, today's episode is tailored to ignite inspiration and guide our HBA members towards a year filled with purpose, passion, and well-being. Joining us today is an exceptional guest, a well-being coach and consultant, Anita Kuzma. Anita brings a wealth of experience in her executive coaching, business coaching, health coaching, and just so much more. I am so excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Anita. Hi, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to talk to you. I'm really excited. So let's jump into it. She has a blog. She's got a podcast, a fantastic website. So all those links will be in the show notes. So Anita, your journey is truly inspiring. And I want you to share a little bit about how you know, you turned your victories into a mission. You became an author, a spiritual coach focused on helping others find their joy. So tell us about that whole sort of journey for you. Oh, yeah. I love talking about this because I want, <laughs> I think that sometimes we look at others and we say, how did they do that? Like she was a banker and now she's got all this other stuff. But I always say it really started the day one that I said, okay, I need help. I'm not going to be able to figure this out on my own. I've been here way too long. And so I'd say the first step was just hiring a coach because that was admitting that I needed to work with someone that was going to help me figure this out was probably the best thing that I did. And then it was really just making time to do the introspective work, making time to ask yourself questions that maybe we've never asked ourselves. Okay, what do I want this next chapter, next 10 years of my life to look like? What's most important? What are the things that I value? Maybe those have changed or maybe I've never asked myself those questions. So it's really identifying the values and the goals and then really creating this vision. And I always tell people, and this is what I did, my coach said, just dream really big. I don't want you to even think about the how. Imagine you're painting a picture, you're writing a movie script, you're imagining all the things that you want. Don't worry about the how. Because if you censor yourself up front, it's not going to be a very good story. So dream big and then allow that to be the vision that you hold. And then from there, it's you hold the vision, like literally read the vision statement, look at your vision board all of the time, and then determine what are the actions that I need to take. And so getting really clear on all the things, we know how to set goals, we know how to make them actionable, and it's just setting those really specific goals and taking action every single day. So it's, the, it's holding the vision plus the action. And when I first created my vision statement, I had that I wanted to do a podcast, that I wanted to write books. I have lots of these big goals and dreams, but I had to say, okay, so what am I going to do first? And you just start with the little things. I need to get certified in teaching yoga and meditation and breath work and 
coaching, et cetera. And so you just then are able to just choose the steps that are right now, six to 12 months, mm-hmm. 18 months, three years, five years, et cetera. And, and then adjust the vision as you go along, because there are things that are going to change. You're going to learn new information, not a failure. It's just, oh, I tried that. That wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. No problem. Maybe delete this and add something else and then continue either redirect or continue the course. So that's, I know it sounds simple, but it really is as clear as the vision plus taking aligned action. Okay. And you say vision board and I was just, I'm looking over to my left because I have mine from last year. Yeah. So give us your top tips of making a vision board. Mm, I love it. So I always, (laughs) when I do the vision boards, I'm actually going to be doing a retreat again in January. I love to do this with women is we really set the vision, do the meditation. I do some breath work, really move things through the energy, cast the vision. And then I always say, choose things that are going to be important in every area of life. So once we're able to define what that is, make sure you've got photos of your relationships and make sure you've got photos of travel, if that's what you want to do. Make sure that there's some photos that represent your career, your finances, maybe some things tied to your home. What are those areas that really are meaningful? Because I see some vision boards where people, they're so lofty and they don't actually tie to their life. It's just like a sunset. What does that represent to you? Is that, are you taking an annual trip somewhere? And choose words too that are super inspiring. I love having a mixture of photos and words on there because those are going to inspire you. And then finally, keep it somewhere where you're going to see it. Mine is right in front of me. So I see mine every single day. It's in my office. I stare at it every morning. I look at it. It's like just a reminder, like, oh yeah, That's what feels really good to me. And that's the way I approach creating it and then making sure that you are looking at it every day so you could start taking some action on those, on the vision. Yeah. And then you also mentioned coaching too. I want, especially for all of our HB listeners, and I think the value of this, and I I think a lot of it's virtual and a lot of our listeners are, we've got people in the UK, in Europe, a, a big spread. So talk to us about their coaching program. And I love it because it's live the width of your life. And, and we talked about this before, but maybe even explain what living the width means. And then really, I love it. It's reclaim the zest for life when I saw that on your podcast, because yeah. even myself in the last couple of years, I feel like I had fallen into sort of, I don't want to say mundane, but where you're just like, you're doing every day, you're just doing the motions. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so common, Christina. So the group coaching program is new. I've really spent the last few years in my business doing a lot of one-on-one coaching. And I love one-on-one coaching. It's just, it's wonderful. You can go deep. You can customize it exactly for the person. And there's a place for it. But I joined a mastermind this year. And I'm in a mastermind. There's probably about 30, 35 of us women and who are all uh, entrepreneurs. And I've never experienced actually that kind of community before where we celebrate each other's successes, we're sharing in a non-competitive way what's going on in our business. People are offering to assist one another. And you learn so much about, it literally is just one of the most beautiful experiences. And so for me, I thought, ooh, I want to create that. I want people to Mm -hmm. actually join a group who are all committed to, as you said, reclaim what their life is, identify what does success look like to me? How do I build a life that I love where I wake up every day and I'm like super excited. And so I created this 12-week program 
And we're going to cover everything that I talked about in it, which is like, how do you create a vision for the life that you want? What does that look like to you? What are those values? And then open up your calendar. This is where a lot of people then get stuck is show me where your vision and your life and the things that you said are important are on your calendar. And most of the time when I tell people, open up your calendar, let me look at it. I'm like, tell, show me what's important to you. And it's just work. It is just work. It's meetings they don't want to be in sometimes. It's after hours things they've committed to that they don't want to go to. And that what's, ma- <laughs> what's missing, what's missing is their own time by themselves to do things that are important. Mm. If, you know, exercising, spending time with your family, with your friends, scheduling trips, taking a couple of days off because you want to focus in just on something else. So being able to create aligning those your daily choices to your values is a huge part of building this balanced integrated life and then we work through fears what are the limiting beliefs do you have an inner critic are there things that are preventing you from thinking that you even deserve or can build this life that you want to build and so really focusing in every week on a coaching topic and opening it up for a group discussion as well some hot seats available for some coaching and then every other week incorporating 60-minute breathwork session. And somatic breathwork is a new modality that I've just became certified in. It literally has changed my life. I've been practicing yoga and meditation for so many years, but you'll start to see there's more people talking about the somatic work and really just using the body. We are energy. We are 99.99% energy, right? And there's so much energy within our bodies. And so doing the breathwork in a very controlled way One can take us from the uh, sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. So we are out of our fight, flight, or freeze nervous system and and moving back into the parasympathetic, which is really important. And there are emotional and physical and actually even spiritual transformation that can happen with the breath work. So that's why I really want to incorporate that because many of us have a dysregulated nervous system. We are just so stressed and we're breathing too fast. We're breathing too shallowly. And that impacts all of us. It impacts us mentally. It impacts how fast our heart is beating. It impacts the quality of breath, et cetera. So that's a huge part of this as well. And then everyone also gets to benefit from my morning. I have a monthly morning meditation group. It's a great way to start your morning every day, six days a week, actually, with a little bit of yoga and and some breath work and some meditation just to be able to start your day with this wonderful community positively and just showing up for yourself every single morning. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm literally, I'm going to manifest. It's like someone get this woman an app. <laughs> that sounds amazing. And it's funny you said that because I said something to you the other day. I said, I need to find a somatic workout. And then I started talking to my massage therapist who does a lot of emphatic and she's yeah this is like this big thing Mm -hmm. i know through blood work i've got a high cortisol i think i feel like i'm in that yeah flight or fight mode so that is really interesting that through breath work i could also accomplish like that level or i'm trying to think of the words and i'm doing it like homeostasis yeah yeah (laughs) no it's so true christina because there are a lot of different experiences but there's very relaxing breath and there's activating breath And so you absolutely can create some significant change. And then there are people within my mastermind that actually have breath plus movement, which is really great. So I'm happy to share referrals with you too, because it feels amazing. And when you're doing it and when you're breathing, you actually 
it it's a faster way to drop in to a very regulated state. It's much faster and easier than meditation. And I've been a meditator for a very long time because you're not just trying to quiet the mind or trying to release thoughts. You're actually coming out of your thinking mind and dropping into the body. And so that naturally just happens. Yeah, as you're as you're breathing. And we had a question and I, I was going to wait, but I'm going to jump it right yeah. in here. When we, I was talking to a group of people telling them about you, and it's interesting because a lot of people are like, what is breath work? <laughs> and, and I was, I don't know how to explain this either. The question is this sort of, I would say even what is it, but mostly to then and the, the why, right? Like why is it essential? And 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 think you've even talked yeah. about how it contributes to our overall well-being. But let's, let's dive into that really quick because sure. we keep talking about it and- for anyone like me that's what? Yeah, I'm going to and I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. So when we are healthy, we take our breath for granted, right? Like we're breathing right now, we're not usually thinking about it, we're not intentionally breathing. And if we are in our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest, we are breathing a little bit slower, our breath is tends to be a bit more deeper maybe, and so it sends signals to our nervous system that we're safe and that we can continue to breathe this way. Our heart rate slows down. Everything, our blood pressure drops. We start to feel more calm. Our digestion improves. All of these things. And when we are not and we are in a very stressful state, which many of us are in a very stressful state most of the time, we're breathing really fast. We are breathing shallow breaths. And so that sends signals to our nervous system that we're not safe and that we should dump and pump more cortisol, more adrenaline through our systems, more stress hormones. So it's <laughs> and so then we are flooding our system with more of the things that causes more stress. So the beautiful thing about breath work is that it, our nervous like being able to our respiratory system is the only one that is both autonomic. It's, it just happens automatically in our body and we can control it. And so you can choose to control the breath and then it actually controls your nervous system. At the back of our brainstem here, coming down to our neck, down through the heart, through the lungs, into our digestive system, all the way into our extremities is a vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve is the largest nerve in the body. And 80% of the signals from the vagus nerve impacts the brain. So that's where when we start breathing and we start stimulating the ner the vagus nerve, it actually sends signals to the brain that we're okay, that things can be quiet, that we can start to really relax, that we can start to pump more feel-good stress hormones, feel-good hormones through our body instead. So that's like the basic way that breath work is really impactful. And then when you set an intention with it and you create an entire program and you're breathing for a long period of time, that's when you can start to really even release trauma from the body. You can start to release things that are stored that you're not even aware of. You could start to shift and release energy that may have been stuck there. It's quite impactful and powerful. More doesn't always equal better. <laughs> and so it is important to start to dial that down a little bit and allow ourselves to just regulate to find homeostasis. From a yoga perspective, there's so many different types of yoga practices. And I think that the first thing I always tell people is like experiment with what feels good. 
There are so many different yoga classes that you could even find on YouTube. I found with yoga more than anything else because it just feels so good and you feel the mental and the physical benefits to it. And it just creates a high that's different. Maybe it's similar for runners. Like I would say it's similar because you got really good endorphins, but it's a lot easier and healthier on the body than something like running. Okay, that's good. I'm going to try this. So now I'm I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to add breath work and I'm going to add meditation and yoga. <laughs> so we've given sort of the listeners yeah. some good tips, but really it, it can be overwhelming. So I'm thinking as we think about what we want to accomplish, and I wanted to set the stage for our HBA listeners. Anita, what are some of the things we can do to set up a really great 2024? We don't often spend enough time in reflection and just pausing and saying, let me celebrate. Let me just start with celebration and let's say, what went really well in 2023? Where did I show up for myself? How, where did I see some progress maybe towards some of my goals? Start there first because too often we just go to the next thing. And when you're able to celebrate, you have some of that joy. You have the gratitude. You are creating some of these emotions and allowing yourself to feel good. And then I would say, why did I see progress there? What were the actions that I took that I can carry forward next year? And if you didn't see progress, maybe it's in your health and wellness. Maybe someone wanted to start a meditation practice. Then you could say, why not? What took precedence? Or why did I not prioritize this? And maybe starting there first, it's, I think it's important. And then for 2024, it's really going back to that vision. What do I want it to look like? If I come to fast forward to December of 2024, what would success look like for me? What could feel really good? And then starting to work backwards and say, so what are those priorities? What are the top three priorities? If I had to pick just three, what's my number one priority? And then starting to put little bite-sized pieces in it. I love using a planner and I'm going to hold up. I know you guys probably can't see this, but like <laughs> I am obsessed with writing in a planner. I write every single morning and then I reflect at night. And being able to do that for yourself, it does not take a lot of time, but there is something really helpful and beneficial when you are taking those big goals and then you are intentionally deciding how you're going to take action every day. And I think that's the part where many of us miss is that we have our meetings in Outlook or on Google Calendar, and that becomes a priority. And then everything else becomes an afterthought. It may happen. It may not happen. But if you use a planner and you're able to actually carve time out and make these things a priority for yourself every day, you'll have a much better chance of then taking action and seeing the results. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things where we always want to have everything online. And it goes back to, I think you're right. It's just sometimes better to just have that pen and paper. Yeah in front of you versus, yeah. oh, because then once you get on the computer, you get distracted. At least I do. <laughs> yeah. And also the things that we do sometimes is people will have a to-do list with 20 or 30 things on there. And yeah. And then we always tackle the ones that are easiest or what we feel most comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that those are the actions that are aligned to what you want to do. And that's where there's a mismatch between people who are super busy and like doing tons of stuff all the time, but it doesn't necessarily help them make progress on their goals because they're not aligned. And planners are helpful. At least you can prioritize and say, what are the top three things I absolutely want to take action on? And then based on that, 
where on my day, where in my calendar do I have time to actually do the work? Because sometimes we have a mismatch too between our expectations of what you want to do versus not setting any time to do it. And then you just carry it forward the next day and we feel bad about ourselves and there's judgment and all that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. (laughs) All of us do. (laughs) Yeah. Although this week I tried to do what are my top three every day. And then I wrote like the other things. If you can get to it, do these other things. Did it help? Was it good? It was good. Yes. And we have to celebrate that too. Like I think sometimes we, I always say, just show up for yourself. Even if you decide like I've got 15 minutes to work out today, like if that's a goal, you can say, what's the best use of my time? Maybe there's like a hit workout I can do. Maybe I want to go for a walk around the block. Maybe I just want to do 15 minute yoga, like a couple of sun salutations. But it's much easier to say, oh, I only have 15 minutes, so I don't have time, so I'm not going to do it. But if you are intentional about it, you could say, no, this is a commitment. 15 minutes, I can do something. I can do squats and push-ups while I wait for my coffee to get made. I can can go up and down the stairs and get some steps in. So it doesn't have to be the same every day. We can do what we can. It's so great. And uh, like we said, it's a little bit of just setting those expectations. And I think my journal has a habit tracker. So it's very like satisfying to fill in that circle. Like I did it. But I think it's like what you said too, finding those groups of people that Mm -hmm. support you. I feel like there's not enough of that. I want to find those communities or even create those communities where it's just just women supporting women. It's And there's so many tools too. Like we use Boxer. And I don't know if you've ever used Boxer. Have you ever used that app? Mm -mm. It has a little walkie-talkie function, so you can easily record, and then it'll go off to people. So that's nice, too. So it's easy to be like, Christina, great job. I'm so proud of you. Keep it going. You just hit it. And it's easy. Like, it's easier than just texting, and it's nice to hear someone's voice. So that's an easy one that you can create a big distribution list, have people in there, and you can do it individually, or you can do it to the group. Oh, my God. I love that. And I saw it, and I haven't listened to it, and I wanted to bring it up because... I remember when people, I used to think, oh, manifestation affirmations. I was like, oh, is this really real? And then I kept hearing people talk about it. And then it wasn't until I was talking to a GM of a pharmaceutical company, guys, and she complete, like manifestation, she's 100%, you can manifest anything. And I started looking into it and I was like, okay, I this is something I want to lean into. So I'll link it in the show notes, guys. I'm going to encourage everyone to go listen to this. Because it's a podcast on manifestation and affirmations. So I wanted you to give us a few little sneak peeks from that episode and then how that links with everything you're doing. It's just, yeah, set the stage. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think what I learned during that podcast episode, my guest actually has written several books on uh, manifestation. So she talks about you can't tell yourself a lie and believe that's like a, a good affirmation. So if you want to be at your ideal body weight and you're not and you're a big distance away, you can't say it to yourself and like actually trick your brain. So her advice around um, affirmations was you can slowly titrate into it. So you, if you wanted to focus on getting healthier, for example, you could say, I make healthy choices for myself every single day. I choose to eat cleanly because it makes me feel really good. I am going, I am committed to eating 
more whole foods and less animal products. Like you can slowly create affirmations that are true and that feel good and it doesn't ring false in your nervous system, right? And so that was one of the things that she said is really creating the affirmations for the things that you want. And each time we do that, we are more inclined to then take actions in order to make that a reality. I do think manifestation is like, where do you want to go? And how are you going to take your action every single day to get there? And then being open to not attachment for how it's going to happen. And so it was really an interesting perspective that she gave around the affirmations that I actually thought was really good. But my guest actually, she was able, she was um, suffering from depression and in a really bad place. And she was able to work through a lot of visualizations, through a lot of different modalities, but also with affirmations to really will herself to become healthy again. So I think it was interesting topic of conversation. And yeah, manifestation, I think the word gets overused a lot and there might be some different different interpretations of what it is. But at the end <laughs> yeah. of the day, we do know that what we think about every single day builds a neural pathway in the brain. And then that impacts the actions that we take. It impacts the habits that we form, it impacts the behaviors that we have, it impacts everything. And, and that is manifestation. So we're manifesting things all the time. It just depends on making sure that you, you're focusing in on what you want, not necessarily what you don't want. I was just thinking of like the negativity. Oh, let's cut that. Let's guys. cut that. <laughs> That's the worst thing, right? If I tell myself, and I don't even want to whisper it out loud, but if you tell yourself like, oh, I can't lose weight, you're telling your system that you can't. And you don't want to do that. <laughs> you want to focus in on yeah. all the things you do want. No, absolutely. And there's, again, something, guys, if you were just going to say, I just want to change one thing, it's like that negative self-talk. Oh, yeah. There's no, yeah, there's no room for that anymore. No, it's let it go, release it, <laughs> purge. Yeah. <laughs> but you mentioned you were an author, too, and I love this because mm. I have one of your books, actually. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about the concept of your books. And, and then I also hear that there's a journal. So again, listeners, we'll make sure we have the links to where yeah. you can get all these. But yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about those? Yeah. So it, it going back to this idea of taking small action every single day and over time, there's a compound effect, right? So I wrote a book that has a daily prompt. It has a daily journal prompt or a daily challenge. And the goal with the book is that if you start in January, but you can pick up anytime. There's a different theme for each month. And then every day, it's an inspirational, insightful little one pager. And then there's a journal prompt or a challenge. And the reason I did it that way was because, one, if you're reading it, it should prompt you to just sit and reflect. Oh, that's interesting. We're talking about gratitude today, maybe. And OK, what does that mean to me? And then by doing the journal prompt or the challenge, you're taking action on it. Because we consume so much information when many of us consume and read so many self-help books or anything else, but we don't do something with it. And if you don't do something with it, you're not going to actually be able to then apply it to your life. You're not going to see the results. So that was my intention with my book. And then one of my clients said, okay, can I do this book again starting in January? And I said, yeah, that's the intent. Hopefully you're a different person, but you can still come back to it and still get something yeah. new out of it. 
And it really is just your daily dose of inspiration and guide. And she said, I want a journal because I don't want to write the journal prompt or the challenge in a separate journal. She's like, I want you to give me a journal. (laughs) So I said, I called my editor and I have the journal here. And I said, "Okay, we're going to do a journal, too. So we actually released it this year. And so the journal accompanies the book. And it's a wonderful gift idea. It's another way to, if you want to continue with the book again next year, which I hope people do, they can just get a journal, which is, they're both on sale right now. And you can have space to actually journal. And then you have a record. You can come back to it and say, how have I changed? Or what did I write last year? It's so nice to be able to get back into our heads and to see where we were. Mm -hmm. So that's how the journal um, works with the book. Oh, I'm so excited. I have the book, so that's going to be my next click of, I'm going to get this journal. (laughs) And honestly, guys, it's not like you have to write a story. But I thought sometimes if you're ever wondering what to write, this also says, hey, if you are that person that's already writing every day, think about this to, again, keep that positive mindset, reflection, all of those really good things in your head. So I love it. Thank you so much. And I actually, (laughs) I reduced the Kindle version down a lot because I have the Kindle version on my phone also. So when I travel, because it's so big, I'm like, oh, I think it's only like $5.99 right now. So you can download it and then you have it on your phone or your Kindle and you can just in in the app, you can just pull it up every day and it's just inspirational. So maybe one day I'll do an audio too, but uh, not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I've just, I wrote that down. I was like, get that for your (laughs) Kindle. Because I take my Kindle Literally everywhere. Me too. It's in my purse now. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. And I get my hair done if I'm going to the dentist. Mm-hmm. Like I have it in my car, like if I'm stuck somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. No. <laughs> like I said, it's the easy way, but so that, that'll that be exciting. Then I think too, sometimes I just, instead of writing it down, I would say to my husband, I'm like, oh, let's talk about this. Yeah. This is the thing too. It's sometimes nice to just have that to be like, oh, I read this. Let's talk about it. What does that mean to you? Because that's the other thing, too. I feel your husband, your friends have these conversations because sometimes it's nice to just it gets that conversation on a little bit deeper level. So I like that. And that's something I've been trying to do. Learn more about the people around. I love it. Dig more. My husband and I actually we read from it with our coffee in the morning. We do, which is funny. And people are always like, don't you know what you wrote? And I'm like, I don't. There's 365 of these. I don't remember what each day is going to be. And so we do talk about it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Okay, so we have a couple questions, and I wanted you to just talk about what embracing simplicity is, and then the big thing, how do we do it? Mm. Or what's the sort of, are there goals? Let's talk about the what, how, why. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think from a simplicity perspective, it's, this kind of goes back to your, the zest for life. And what are the things that are just going to bring you some joy? And it could be the most basic, simple things. So I think one is knowing what's in your joy basket, whether it's a literal joy basket or like just a figurative one, like what is it? Oh, I love drinking from my Frida cup, you know, my mug, or I like having a really cute Kindle cover or nice, whatever it is, like a cozy blanket. Identifying what those simple pleasures in life are, because sometimes those things actually make a huge difference when we're able to appreciate them. And then having a state of gratitude, like a practice where you're able to just say thank you for those things every single day also is another way to embrace the simplicity in life. And and sometimes more isn't better. As I said it before, I think there's a Buddhist quote that said the opposite of more is enough. 
And as we look around, many of us are just really good at being consumers. And sometimes you actually experience more joy in the simplicity of paring things down, of simplifying, of really reducing, creating more space. And so I think that's probably the intention of the simplicity. When I find myself overwhelmed, it's usually because there's chaos or disarray or too much of anything. And so sometimes it's just creating the space and then allowing ourselves to breathe a little bit deeper. And, And that always happens for me when I'm able to simplify. It's like the things that make you feel good, right? And it could just be the simplest of things. And they're different for everybody. Know what those are. And then just make sure your life is filled with enough of those and give thanks for it and appreciate it. And when you no longer get joy from it, donate it to someone else and simplify that way. Create more space and that feels good. I know. As I'm looking around, I was like, that's going to be one of my goals is to try to, am I using this? Do I still need this? And then if not, bless yeah. it and send it I away. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we did have a questions about the coaching program. And I think that's, I love that people are really interested in coaching programs because I think that we think we can do it, but I'm one of those people. If I don't have someone saying, okay, you owed me this, or this is what we're doing. It's like you said, everything else gets put before it. Yeah. So I think that I know that personally, I'm one of those people that benefits from having a structured program. And so we were just wondering if you had a success story or highlights that you wanted to tell us about the program. Oh, my gosh. There's so many client success stories, (laughs) but I do all kinds of coaching. And I had a client recently who she was awesome. Like I did some executive coaching for her probably about over a year ago. And she really wanted to progress in her company. And then she contacted me again and she said, I want to start coaching, but she's, I want you to help me start my own business because this isn't working the way I wanted and this isn't what I want for myself or the life. And within, I think we did it in three months because she's super, takes action. And in three months, we set up her new business. We got every, like she identified her client avatar. She identified what her mission was, who she was going to service, like what the client, what the pricing was, everything, got everything up. And we were able to manifest that her first client was going to be her company where she worked full time and she would consult for them. And it worked out to be more advantageous from a money perspective than when she even worked there for half the hours. Mm -hmm. And she was able to get all these other clients too. And so it was like amazing to see because she like on which and then she was so committed to the plan. And now she's living this life that she, when we first worked together and she created her vision, she thought this would probably happen in her 50s maybe. And now it's in her early 40s and she's doing it already. And so that was a great story because it was just an example of someone who I worked with a couple of times and it was two different goals, but she was able to make really fast progress, which um, felt really good. So that's one I'd like to highlight. Oh, yeah. So she would be living the width of her life then. Oh, she totally is. I love it. She is. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. These wisdom and insights have been so great. So as we wrap up, I wanted to throw it back for your final words of inspiration for our HBA members so that they can gear up to have their best 2024. Mm, Thank you so much for having me. I love having these conversations with you. I always want to come back to the simplification message is that you don't have to do it all. You just have to have the vision, 
and then start taking action one tiny little bit every single day. Celebrate those wins, appreciate how far you've come, give yourself some gratitude, stay the course, redirect if you need to, um, and then just celebrate it as you reflect back. And But it just starts with the dream, starts with the vision. Don't negotiate that. Don't negotiate on your vision or your dream. Dream really big and you'll surprise yourself on what you're able to accomplish. Oh, I love that. And listeners, I'm going to have all of the links to where you can get in contact with Anita. You do the consultation to start if people are interested. I do. I have a couple of fun things for everyone. I do a free coaching consultation on my website. There's a banner. Schedule it with me, 45 minutes. We will work together to identify exactly what it is that you're hoping to accomplish. And I also have a Thursday free breath session at lunchtime. So it's noon Eastern time, half an hour if someone wants to experience it. It's You can find it on the classes page on my website. It's in the top navigation. That's another thing. And then if you want to try the morning yoga and meditation, I also offer a free week. So you get a really good taste of it. And you can also sign up for that on the classes page. So many ways. And then there's links to the books and everything else on the website. Oh, guys. Okay. I, I definitely going to take you up on that coaching session. So guys, I'll keep you posted. Look for the LinkedIn comments. I'll write some of my insights there. And thank you so much, Anita. And thanks to our listeners for joining in this special HBA Conversations and Connections episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check out our HBA Canada LinkedIn and Instagram pages for all our updates, events, and info. Until next time, stay inspired, stay connected, and make 2024 your best year yet.